Welcome to Maker Mom, a podcast where I explore the stories of Maker Moms and the life they lead. Each week, I will bring you the behind the scenes story of a new Maker Mom. I'm Katie Freeman, a furniture designer and content creator running FreemanFurnishings.com and your host of the Maker Mom podcast. You can find Maker Moms hanging out in the Facebook community at Maker Moms and on the web at MakerMomPodcast.com. If you love what you hear, please subscribe, leave a stellar review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know. Hello, and welcome to the Maker Mom podcast. Now, before I get into talking about this week's guest and thanking patrons over on Patreon, I just wanted to do a little announcement. So I've been doing two episodes a week now since July of 2020, where Wednesdays have been Wonder Women series episodes and Fridays have been the more traditional Maker Mom series episode. And um, what I have come to the conclusion of is that there's really no reason to keep them separated because in both cases I am interviewing female or non-binary makers. It just so happens that some of them are parents and some of them are not. So over the course of the next week, you're going to see Maker Mom podcast get rebranded just as Wonder Women podcast. And don't worry, I am still going to interview moms who are makers, and I'm still going to interview uh, female non-binary makers who are not parents. It will just all be under one title, and so you, I guess, will never know whether it's going to be for sure um, a maker who is a parent on Friday or not. Um, I'll just take them in order as I have done the interviews. Uh, this is a decision that I needed to make in order to help keep the lot the logistics of the podcast going and make it the most uh, simplest for me so I can keep up with doing two episodes a week. All right, so for today's episode, I have Amanda of a lo- lovingly Amanda. Um, she is a luthier. Uh, which just means she makes stringed instruments, mainly violins, cellos, violas, basses, that type of uh, instrument. And I'm excited to bring you this interview just because we had a lot of fun with it and um, definitely learned a lot about her experience in the world of being a luthier and kind of the um, unique journey uh, she took getting to be in this position. So before we hop into the interview though with Amanda, I want to give a big shout out and thanks to the patrons over on Patreon. So thank you so much, Kevin Lefty's Woodshop, Christy Twisted Twine, Christina B, Jeremy Spies, Sammy, Go Sammy Lee, Sven Dorsai's Workshop, Lauren Rasp File Designs, Rachel Moody Makes, Bonnie, Tool Mom Bonnie, ToolMomStore.com, Laura Oakley Soap Company, Mary Lou Made by Mary Lou, Amy Bison Valley Carving, Dan and Kelly Reclaimed Living Store, Brandy Studio Bay, Kathy One Girl and Her Tools, Ellen Little Bear Furniture, and Ethan, Ethan Carter Designs. Thank you all so very much for your ongoing and continued support helping me to produce two episodes a week every week and with no further ado here is amanda um do you have any questions for me before we get started no i'm coming out of a tornado of responsibilities this morning i don't even know what my name is right now so good luck to the both of us okay (laughs) i'm just letting you know where i am this morning Oh. Well, you know, that's not a great sign since the first thing I have you do is introduce yourself. And if you're not sure what your name is, we yeah. could be. Uh... That's a fundamental question. I think everybody is trying to answer. Who am I and what am I doing here? And that's... why? Why? Exactly. So I think we're all on the same page. It's probably a great way to start. Well, 
since if you don't have questions for me, we can get started. And yes, I have my guests introduce themselves. So I guess maybe I'll give you a little time to figure, figure it out and then you can go for it. I can go for it. Okay. <laughs> when you're ready, go for it. Okay. I am Amanda. I am a luthier apprentice in Nashville, Tennessee. Luthier is just a fancy pants name for um, instrument maker. So oftentimes what we say is we say that we're violin makers because violins are widely known. But when you say luthier, people are like, what? Uh, but luthier is just wood string instrument maker. So that would include the big umbrella, which is violins and violas and cellos and basses and guitars and mandolins, anything that's wood and anything that's string and anything you can make up. And I've been doing so for about four and a half years here in in Nashville, in a small town right outside of Nashville, and it's called Nunley. It's close to Dixon, Tennessee. Okay, awesome. And you're a mom? I'm a mom <laughs> drowning in the responsibility of virtual school <laughs> and just really wanting things to change. I have three kids. I have a, a college kid. Uh, she is 20, and I have a 12-year-old who is very excited about being 13 very soon. And I have a nine-year-old who I don't think he knows he's a human being. He just, <laughs> he's just, more, if I could be more like him, I'd have less stress. He just gets up, you know, Captain Crunch makes his day and he's figuring it all out. And if it doesn't work fine, if it works fine, he has a, an incredible level of resilience that I admire. And it's a great reminder of how to conduct life. <laughs> And we are all just hanging out, trying to figure out this thing called life in 2021 now after the pandemic. Well, still during the pandemic. <laughs> still during the pandemic, yes. Oh, I feel I feel like we're all heavily into COVID fatigue. And we're just like, I'm over it. I am done. <laughs> I am, yes. Uh, I, I am. You know, there's certain things that I would like, not all things, but certain things that I would like for life to look like it did in 2018, like, like the very end of that. <laughs> yeah. Because all of this, you know, we're growing, right? We're growing through it, but I'm tired of growing. I just want to rest for a little while. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like, I'm all about growth, right? But I need a pause button somewhere so I can press it and take yes. a breath. Yes. So it, it hasn't been the easiest transitions you know and I don't even know if it's getting any easier and I don't know if it's meant to and I don't know a lot of things and I'm just in a state of consistent I don't I don't know I don't know yeah but, but we're gonna move on with joy <laughs> I love it I love it I'm I'm more like I just want a, a girls weekend with like my bff where we like leave the family behind and we go get Knockered. <laughs> That's really what I want. <laughs> I support that 100%. My girlfriend called. She was like, let's go to, you know, what did she say? Chattanooga. I was like, fine. You know, you don't have to convince me. Like, it doesn't matter when. We're just going to make it work. Leave all yeah. the kids behind. She has five kids. Leave all the kids behind and let's get the heck out of Dodge. That's right. We don't take care of ourselves. We are no good to anybody else nope like, <laughs> well, I completely understand yes we need a break are you do you is break in your future do you see anything that's gonna happen soon for you not unfortunately no I mean I I guess probably like early summer hopefully um it's more of like like the two my two closest friends are definitely much uh more cautious with uh, COVID and, you know, I respect that, understand that. Um, and so it's kind of like, uh, okay, once we all have the vaccine, then, <laughs> then we can like, that's right. <clears throat> so, okay. yeah, I know, I know. In the meantime, I just drink my half a bottle of wine every night and I'm, I'm good. <laughs> I like that vaccine. I know it's challenging. It, it can be challenging trying to navigate it. I find that even, I think it's possible, but I, I'm like you, I respect people who, who want to still have some type of 
independent, not independence, but not be around individuals. But I'm just mm-hmm. like, I am a creature of the sun. And so like, that's fine. I have to get out of here. Like, yeah, I gotta go somewhere. I, I like moving. My mm-hmm. body likes to move. And so it's amazing during this time too, because you get, you gain more appreciation because of limitations of how much you actually can do where you are. Right. Whereas you think we have to have a good time to go to the Caribbean. I love the Caribbean, nothing against that, but I'm realizing that too, I can have a really good time here at the lake mm-hmm. or a really good time at the park or just driving through the country, just having a really good time too. So it's opened my eyes to adventure is not always so far away. Yeah. Really down the street. So I think that's yeah. cool. Look at me growing up like a woman. <laughs> My, my family and I, we just, we had spring break last week uh, for school and we, my, my wife looked at me about a month before spring break. She's like, I don't give a crap where we go, but we are leaving. <laughs> and, and so, Walmart yeah. camp <laughs> we, we ended, we did end up traveling to St. Louis, you know, they have a mask mandate. And so we felt like, okay, we're, you know, we're good. We're safe. And we did all outdoor activities like the zoo and stuff like that. But I haven't seen my kids that happy in like forever. Um, Like so happy that they didn't even pick on each other. And that is saying a lot. Revolutionary. (laughs) That is revolutionary. Uh, So I think all of us were just like, yes, please. Not the same same surroundings as we've been in for a year. (laughs) Yes. Absolutely. I became very, we became very acclimated with the parks. I was like, I didn't know this was right here. Yeah, I know. Exactly. <laughs> I was like, where did, who built this two seconds ago? I didn't even exactly. know this was here. I know. Yeah. All right. All right. So we've done, we, we've done our mom talk and our, mom talk! and our children during COVID. Wow. Um, <laughs> So, Luthier, you're not the first Luthier I've had on. I've had one other, yes, um, but she is in England somewhere. I can't remember where, but she's in England, and she she does only violins, um, but she's out on her own. So I have to know, well, before I guess we get there, where'd you grow up? What, what were you born and raised born and raised in Nashville you don't find that often apparently except <laughs> not even in my own family like my dad wasn't no my dad was my mom wasn't but I was born and raised in Nashville Tennessee I've been here all of my life and I thoroughly enjoy it amazing uh were you I mean <clears throat> growing up that close to Nashville were you into music well I was a gymnast for how long was I? 10, 11 years. And so, I, okay, so short answer, yes. I just remembered a memory that I have in the living room and my favorite artist of all time is Michael Jackson. And I remember dancing in front of the floor model TV. That's how long ago yeah. that was. Yeah. I just remember it um, with the VSH, VHS tapes rewinding some of his <laughs> things and trying to learn. And so I think he's probably the first, my first introduction to music. Mm-hmm. And so I had to learn all of his choreographies and his videos and all of that. And so I also was a gymnast as well. So I've had music surrounding me. I didn't really pay a lot of attention to it, but it was around because my parents would play old school music throughout mm-hmm. the house. And so being a gymnast, I was also introduced to violin, I mean, not violin, ballet. So I did ballet mm-hmm. as a compliment for 10 years. So there's in my introduction to classical at around age maybe 10 or 11-ish. And so, yes, um, I don't think at that time, I can't remember. I don't know if Nashville was known as Country Music City or Music City, but I had no awareness that I was in a music type of city mm-hmm. until later on in my life. But I feel like my introduction to music was fairly early on. But I didn't know it was going to lead me to here. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> well, yeah, there is definitely a leap between like, enjoying music listening to music and making musical instruments uh did you play any musical instruments when i was in high school my first memory of an instrument is piano and my friend paid play the piano so i thought i want to be cool like you and i want to play too and so when it was time to choose that class in school i chose piano 
but I wasn't really into like the reading part. I just wanted to sit down. I wanted to ear play. I wanted to play with feeling and I wanted to play by listening to something and to, and to recall it myself. And so she taught me the final exam, which was this one song so I could pass the class. But other than that, you know, I wasn't interested in all the technical, maybe the theory behind it, mm-hmm. but more of the feeling behind it because I had been a dancer for forever. And so, yeah, that was the first instrument I played. And it wasn't until well after that, until my adulthood, that I became interested in playing piano because I wanted to get my kids into some type of instrument. So mm-hmm. in order to encourage them, I was like, I'll do it with you. I'll pick up an instrument. <laughs> <clears throat> so I, that's I picked up violin. Yeah, I, I, that's when you, you did the violin then? Yeah, three months okay. pregnant with my third child trying to encourage my first child to play piano. That's why I was like, okay, I got you, girl. You need to go. I know the things we do. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I, uh, I played viola from Yay! fourth grade all the way through high school. But mm. I was one of those people, like, I just went there for social hour. I did not take that viola home and practice it. <laughs> that's really, I mean, that's a huge component of it too. That's very important. And oftentimes, I don't know now, but they don't really lead with that. A lot of people, they love the instrument too, but they also love being around other people doing something that's enjoyable. So that's right. a really big component of it as well. So I get it. Yeah. It's I like didn't. A session. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Um, except for which is odd, like all through those years, uh, playing classical music, I could not, like, I did not like classical music. I just did not enjoy it as an adult. Now I do. Um, and I can see, you know, I can enjoy listening to a piece and trying to pick out the different instruments that I hear and stuff like that. Um, and our oldest, my oldest is seven and a half. Pre-COVID, we had just started him on piano lessons. Mm -hmm. And his thing to get him started was he could go to a cooler instrument like a guitar Mm -hmm. if he learned how to play the piano. (laughs) Uh, But I didn't realize, I thought, I was like, I, you know, I learned how to read music for the viola, but it's an entirely different clef. I never learned how to read the treble clef like at all Mm. and so when I'm trying to help him learn the piano which I've never played a day in my life Mm -hmm. I was amazed at how easy I could pick it up enough to help him you know through it Mm -hmm. and I'm like wow I'm surprised actually because I haven't touched a musical instrument since I graduated high school which was more years ago than I am going to (laughs) undisclosed years ago hi makers today's episode is brought to you by toolmomstore.com toolmom and company is for all ages genders they have what you need for your one-stop tool related merchandise of gifts and clothing Uh, The products are fun, fashionable, one-of-a-kind. In fact, I have two of the mugs. Uh, One has a circular saw with flames coming off of it. It says, Go Girl. Another one has the definition of a tool chick. Both of them are super awesome, and I have coffee out of them almost every morning. So check out toolmomstore.com or find them on Instagram at toolmombonnie. You can receive an extra 20% off at a checkout by using the code MAKERMOM. Yeah, the piano is a really good instrument to start with because you get treble and bass clef. Mm -hmm. It's great. So if he he can graduate to anything after that, really. That's right. A very seamless transition because he's got um, history in knowing both clefs. So that's that's Mm -hmm. great. I don't know why I started my daughter in piano. I think because I just had a piano in the room. I was like, hey, piano, you know, I don't have to buy that or transfer that. <laughs> um, but it is it's such a great instrument to play. And I love piano. I'm actually taking piano lessons right now, too, because I love it so much. I was like, on my bucket list, it's me uh, playing piano. Nice. Do you still play violin? Not as much. 
Okay. Yeah, I, I told myself, I was like, yeah, I need to, you know, I don't have to. One, one of the things is that, <laughs> in, my, in my little soapbox. Okay, so one of the things is that sometimes you feel like you have to play at a certain level to be able to make. There's so mm-hmm. many makers out there who don't play, who never played, who don't have a desire to play. And I'm like, you know, what are all this pressure on me or anybody else that I have to play all these instruments on me? It'd be absolutely ridiculous, right? Like I'd have to play a bass because I'm making a bass. I'd have to play a cello because I'm making a cello. I have to play a v- No, calm down people. No, that's not really how it goes. <laughs> you know, you so, can be a composer and not sing. You right, know, like exactly. That. Exactly. I say that just because I was being really hard on myself because really the playing has, the making has t- taken over and I'm happy mm-hmm. with that. But also it's just like anything, if you don't practice, you get into that area where you're going to have to crawl out of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I've got my violin on my wall and I see it and I love it. However, I'm just like, what else can I put into my day? Like right. I got to take out eating, I got to take out sleeping and just levitate and <laughs> try to get all these things in. So, you know, I'm trying to be gentle with myself and it's always going to be a part of my life, but no, I don't pick it up as frequently for sure. It's just nearly impossible to do all the things. It, it is. is like, it's just nearly impossible to practice two hours of piano because I'm just starting. So I got a lot of work to do and practice violin and then make and then kids and then <laughs> mental health. And then, <laughs> you know, some things have to take a back seat. That's, that's right. And that's okay. So how did you get into making? So I, okay, so long story short, I'll try to make it short, okay? Because it gets longer every time I tell it. Um, <laughs> Long story short, I worked in corporate America. Have you ever heard of, heard of, heard of Opryland Hotel? Yeah. Opryland, okay. So I worked for Opryland, uh, the company, for 16 years. So in 2010, I don't know if you heard about the 2010 flood of Nashville. Mm-hmm. It was nationwide news because it was like, oh my God, Nashville flood. That's <laughs> incredible. <laughs> so uh, 2010, the flood happened. And so the flood came up over the wall because there's Opryland Hotel and then there's the river behind it and flooded a good part of the hotel. So things were closed. Not that mall was closed. It was a big, uh, it was a big investment. The mall was closed. Opryland was closed. And apparently in that time, there was like this hostile takeover. They were getting really rugged over there and <laughs> some people were about to lose their position. So they decided to in order to bail themselves out, sell the management rights to Marriott International. So they sold the management rights to Marriott International. That was their lifeboat, apparently. And so um, we were told that changes wouldn't happen, changes wouldn't occur, you wouldn't feel it. And for a while, I didn't feel any changes. And then I went on vacation and came back and my boss wasn't there and no one knew where she was, hence she was fired. And so I was like, what is going on here? And so shortly after that, my job position was eliminated, which was a blessing because it was a soft exit for me because I was ready to go anyway because it wasn't really getting anything. And I think it just naturally had run its course, especially after my boss was terminated after 35 years. And I was like, okay, what you going to do, Amanda? Like, what, what, what's up with your life? <laughs> so I, was, I was Netflix and chilling really hard. I was like, in the bed, trying to figure it out, thankful for the soft exit, thankful for the severance package, thankful for the space in between where I can figure it out and don't have to make an immediate response. But I didn't know what to do next. I had ideas, but I really didn't know. So I was chilling out for the 11th hour watching Netflix. And I was watching a documentary because I just finished recently a yoga teacher training. And there was this uh, title I am not your guru and there's this huge, huge thing about gurus in the in the yoga community so I was like what is he talking about so <laughs> I I watched it and it's Tony Robbins I am not your guru have you seen that one I have not great you gotta watch it girl and in that he says he, he says a lot of I mean you could be writing the whole documentary <laughs> it's so freaking good but one question that stood out for me is that he asked what does an extraordinary life look like for you and I was like Okay, what does an extraordinary life look like for me? So I sat with it for a half a second. And then of course the critic comes in, right? 
the longer you sit with the question, the more honest you get with yourself, the critic comes in and says, no, that's not for you. That can't be done. That's stupid. So I was like, I realized that was happening. So I jumped out of my bed, literally start writing on my whiteboard that's in my room and what I would like, what an extraordinary life would look like for me, meaning what would I be doing to feel like I'm living an extraordinary life? And so I was looking at all those things and they were kind of like random. And I was like, <laughs> what kind of meal I'm gonna eat trying to do all this stuff like that? <laughs> Is this even gonna work out? And so the theme of it, after I looked at it for days and days and days and days, the theme was basically for me or the message that I received is that I just wanted to pursue those things that brought me joy. And that's what was on the board, those things that brought me joy dancing and traveling and eating good food and being 100% available for my kids and not having to ask to go and because my I have one kid that likes to jump off things so who knows when it's going to be hurt next and another one has asthma just just random stuff that I have to deal with and I just all the things on the board were deposits into my soul to my spirit into my energy into my mental health so I was like okay I don't know how I'm going to call the phone company and tell them I'm paying my bill with joy today, but I'm <laughs> going to pursue that and let that be, right? So that took me on back to playing violin because I hadn't played in a long time. And so I found a group to play with in Nashville. And I never liked the sound of my instrument because when you first play, you get a student instrument. It's most likely factory made. Nobody cares about it. it you can hear it in the instrument. And so I was like, well, I've got this instrument. I have something. I'm going to go and play with this group and live my best life. And so in the group, there was rumblings of a person who made instruments. I was like, what, people make instruments? Like, I don't even know that. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, he made my instrument and he made that person's instrument and maybe he'll make an instrument for you. And I was like, what, how much does that cost? Like a million dollars? Like I had no clue. Right, right. <laughs> and so I think that was like week two and he apparently came on week three every month and would look at the instruments and also play a little bit because he plays viola. And so I was like, okay, cool. When he comes in here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get him. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna ask him like all the questions. You know, I was rehearsing it in my mind, and I asked him. He came in. He started setting up his bench and his tools, and I was like, this is cool. Look like a surgeon with all his utensils. And I thought, wow, man, that is totally dope. So I allowed him to get settled and walked over there and I was just asking you know timid and afraid because some people don't want to talk about it you know some people just want to do their thing and they don't really want interaction and you can tell by responses as well whether or not people really want to have a conversation so I was a little afraid of that but I was like moved there was this energy <laughs> pushing me like to go and just ask you know the worst thing you can say is I don't want to talk about it or give me an answer mm -hmm. that says the same thing but he didn't do that and so I was asking like you know, what would it look like for me to have an instrument made? And the more we started talking, I was like, well, I love Willow. So can Willow be in my instrument? And, and he was like, yes. And then I was like, well, and I kept just asking all these, I think they were just kind of running out of my mouth. I'm not sure how much sense they make, but at the end, I just asked, you know, can I have, you know, what's a comfortable part in the process that I could be involved in? Because, you know, all this other conversation is going so well, I might as well just ask, can I have a hand in it as well? So I can get bragging rights. Like, yeah, I played this violin. I also had a hand in making it too. And he was like, yeah, there's probably something you can do. I was like, cool, I'm cool with that. Whatever that means, whatever that means I'm, I'm game with it. And so it really happened really quickly. And once I got into the shop, he just was saying that, you know, it would be good for you to have an overview of what it takes to make a violin, just to see it in a big picture, instead of saying, put this here and put this yeah. there, kind of like a one-off, just kind of learning the process of making. And I was like, well, I'm not doing nothing else. <laughs> I don't have a job, so um, why not? And so got into the shop and just started this kind of Simon Says teaching, right? Because there's no, there's books, but you know, everybody develops their own way after a certain amount of time and then ordering wood. And I was, it was kind of like a whirlwind. I was like in this tornado that I've never been in before in this new industry, this new thought process, this new mathematical concepts. And I was like, I had headaches like for the first two months because it was just so much my brain did not take 
much more information. It was all so new and foreign to me. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so based, that's how I got into it. And it morphed and it transformed and the universe showed itself to me sooner than later with people being interested in what's going on. And I was like, why are they interested? <laughs> <laughs> people have been making violins for 500, 600 right. years. Like, whoa. <laughs> Why do they, I don't know, why, why do people want to talk to me about it? And so I can go on. Do you want to ask another question? Because it's sort of like, <laughs> it's long. Well, I get it. Stop long. me whenever you're ready. <laughs> I have no problems with being stopped in this okay? I guess, I mean, had you ever had any experience with zip? <laughs> It's just so incredible how when you get out of the way, when you have a vision for yourself, but also you have space for it to be created and manifested beyond what you could have thought what happens. And so absolutely not. I never heard the term luthier. I didn't know people were sitting at a bench with hand tools making these instruments. I didn't know that was even a thing. I don't know where I thought these instruments came from, like they fell out of the sky. But I had no clue. I never had a question or experience that would allow me to even go there and to think, mm-hmm. oh, yeah, these 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 musicians have to get their instruments from somewhere. Where do they get them from? Like, right. what's beyond the music store? Like, where does it come from? Not ever. Never. That's what makes it so incredible. I had no idea that this small community even existed. Hey friends, I wanted to tell you about an awesome brand I discovered that you might love as well. Have you ever spent a ton of money on clothing that was supposed to be high performance only for it to end up at the back of your closet because it just doesn't fit right? I personally hate when this happens. I get excited about a new pair of work boots and then I'm disappointed to find out they just weren't designed for me. Discovering Athena Outfitters was a game changer for me. Athena Outfitters is a quality workwear brand for hardworking women. All of their items are handpicked to meet the needs of women in the trades, not just sized down versions of items designed for men. They've got great workwear essentials like comfortable, soft, and safety toe boots and options for my active lifestyle when I'm off the clock as well. Shopping with Athena Outfitters saves me time and energy because I always know I'm getting a high quality product that also looks and feels great. Next time you're looking for gear with grit, check out AthenaOutfitters.com. That is A-T-H-E-N-A-Outfitters.com and use special code at checkout MM15 to get a 15% discount because you listen to the Maker Mom podcast. So, I mean, yeah, and you're getting into the, uh, the space and learning all of this stuff. I mean, at what point in time does this turn into, I mean, what point in time does this turn into like, yeah, this is what I'm doing? <laughs> well, I will honestly say that there was, there's always some resistance, right? So there was a little bit of resistance because I'm kind of introverted and extroverted. I carry both. So I'm like, yay, when I'm out, I want extrovertedness. And when I'm in, leave me alone. (laughs) I choose it. You don't. Okay, I can be both whenever I want to. And so going into the violin shop and just being there in that space one-on-one, I really enjoyed. I really enjoyed just learning it. No one really knew about it. It was just my own little secret. And so I was having a good time all by myself. I didn't need anyone else to come in and and shine light on it. And so when there was a woman from the Tennessee Tribune, uh, which I've also never heard of, (laughs) she contacted us and she was like, we want to do an article about what you're doing. I'm like, for what? Like, why do you want to do (laughs) that? Why do you want to speak to me? I don't know what I'm talking about. I've only been at this bench for four months. Talk to this guy. He's been doing it for 30 years. And so she was like, I think it's really cool what's going on and and some other things. So I was like, okay. I still like my eyebrows are just like in that constant. Yeah. Like, yeah. What the heck are you talking about? And so then my teacher started saying, 
Sapphire in the beginning was like, you're going to be the go-to Black luthier. You're actually going to be the only Black luthier ever. And I was like, excuse you? I know Google, my good friend Google will tell you <laughs> all of the Black luthiers in history. Right. And she's like, I've been in this industry for 35 years and I have known of one potentially who has made an instrument, but not necessarily made a series of instruments, made a cello for his son. And I was like, okay, give me a second because there's no internet. It's so far in the bush. There's no internet out there. It's all <laughs> ready to go home and just Google my heart out. And I found nothing. No one, no luthiers of African descent, not a one on a record. And I was like, oh, so things started to make a little bit more sense, right? Because if I was a white male doing that, you could hear crickets, right? Yeah. No one would care. Why? Because that's not anything different than what's been going on for years and years and years and years. And so when that happened, I was like, oh, I don't know why sometimes I get these moments where just things just, <laughs> they don't connect. Like the hamster, the hamster is not going, it's sleeping there. And that was one of these moments. And I thought, okay, this is interesting. So then at that moment and a, a moment after that too, when the national scene reached out, I realized that this is obviously way more bigger than me. Like it's so obvious here. And either I get the opportunity to be a little bit selfish or self-full really, and just keep it to myself and not really make a, a deal out of it, or I'll allow it to expand and really create some of the change that we would want to see in any industry that's traditionally one way. And so during that time, I thought, A, I'm not doing anything else. And this must be the path for me because there's ease here. There's openings here. There's stuff coming here that I couldn't even think about myself. And now it's knocking on my door. So I thought it would be a wonderful opportunity to create some change within the industry. And I just so happened to dig it. Like it's totally dope. Mm -hmm. And even on my vision board, I wanted something after I was um, laid off, I wanted something that I anticipated the next day to do that gave me energy, that gave me a reason to get up, something that was a bit different and this is what it is. And so when I start to realize that, I always realize things at like one o'clock in the morning while I'm staring at the ceiling. Um, when I started to realize that I made a decision just to completely lean into it. Now that's really challenging when you've got three kids and you've got all these other things going on. However, I wasn't too concerned or I had to remind myself that the details aren't my responsibility, right? Moving forward step-by-step step, uh, with confidence in each step and letting the universe, God, whatever a person calls it, work the, the details out. And so mm -hmm. That's what I started doing. And then when I started doing that, then it's just like an avalanche of <laughs> where you're like, holy crap, so what, what is happening here? Um, but it's a lot of beautiful things that are happening. And so I thought, why not completely dive into it? Like head first into the swimming pool and, and go for it. And the way it's being already made, a lot of these things I'm not having to overly think about. They're presenting themselves mm -hmm. along way which is very encouraging because sometimes you we have all these questions and these doubts and whether or not this is what I'm supposed to be doing right. <laughs> and make it really hard when other things are going on that are challenging too so it's it may not even be about that even though that feels really good you've got pandemic happening you may have health issues in your family you're just like what how am I supposed to am I even doing is this a, a, a um is this telling me that I need to go a different direction? You know, we're, try yeah. we're trying to make sense of it all. And so I was like, you know, no, this feels really good. You know, it really brings me joy to be able to do this, to be able to talk about this, to be able to talk about this to individuals who look like me, to be able to shed some light on this industry that has been predominantly white male for forever. And so it just felt really good. It felt like a great opportunity to create some change. And I was like, hey, I'm down for it. With <clears throat> like you said, you went, you did your Google search. You didn't find anything. <clears throat> I would assume that there have been uh, black, Lucy, you know, black instrument makers that That's just didn't on record. Exactly. That just didn't get the credit for it. Absolutely. Um, 
on record. There obviously is. There there obviously was. People were making yeah. uh, guitar, uh, what is it? Instruments from cigar boxes, mm-hmm. all kinds of different things. And so, yeah, and when I was Googling, there was this one person that I found and that they thought it was a it was a maker who was making these instruments. There was a black maker, slave maker, but he couldn't obviously put his name right. on it. So someone else put their name on it so that he can get them sold. So yeah, obviously, duh. I mean, we know that there have been black instrument makers, but on record, that's the thing. Like on yeah. record, people being able to actually do what they love to do publicly without restrictions being put on them because A, B, C, and D. And so- there is one. I did find one. I connected with his um, widow. He passed away. I can't remember. It's been a number of years, but and this was more in the 70s to where mm-hmm. obviously it'd be okay for a black maker, a black male maker to be out there saying, yes, I'm doing these instruments. But way back when, absolutely not. Yeah. Now, I mean, like you said, it wasn't necessarily something that hit you from the start. This was just something that kind of struck you as interesting and you're getting into the groove of making um, these instruments, but now with this awareness and now that you're further down the path, like what does it feel like for you navigating this space? It's challenging. It's challenging. And I only thought it would be challenging because it is, it can be, well, making or sitting down at any bench and making using your own hands is very, very, it's independent. It's like, it's just you yeah. and it's just that. And so, and then also being in the industry where it's really just you, <laughs> like there's no one else who looks like you who is in this industry and who may be able to relate to what mm-hmm. you got going on. Uh, the self-doubts that you have going on because of your particular history and so it could be lonely at times and so one of the things that I'm thankful for is that there are women in the in this industry because I can relate to a woman more so than I can relate to a man especially in this industry Mm -hmm. Um, because they're going to go through some of the similar things that I'm going to go through as a woman maybe I allow it I should say that <laughs> it's not likely that I'm gonna allow it that's first of all <laughs> um, but it was when I realized that there was no one else because I did when I when I realized that there are not a lot of maybe none not a lot of black individuals in the community I thought I wanted to create a community of my peers so if yeah. there's someone else out there you're not alone I'm here as well and we can just get to know each other and continue to expand um, because maybe there's also someone else who's been thinking about it. Maybe they're just doing a little things in their home shop and that's fine. You know, we're, mm-hmm. we're welcoming you in too. You don't have to be a bona fide May 250 instrument. That's okay. If it's something that you've done, you like to do, then let's create a group. And so there was, there was none of that for me for a long time, um, a couple of years. And it really wasn't, um, until things started happening where more people knew about me, where I was and what I was doing, that's when it kind of started happening. So I'm, I'm really thankful that women were reaching out and saying, hey, I'm doing this too. Um, hey, I'm here, even in Nashville. Mm-hmm. Some individuals reached out to me. I was very thankful for to connect with two women that are here. And so, yeah, at times it is, it is kind of lonely. Uh, I don't know if, if this is a type of industry that that in the history has wanted to be more of a community like like initially I'm not I wasn't really feeling that I was like who right. want? come on people you know there's there's more than enough the universe is abundant right we can all mm-hmm. be in this together and also do our own thing and so for me and I so I started a little Facebook group Luthiers of Color and so Luthiers of um, there's some people for um, Asia of course because they actually there's not a a lack of Asian representation in violin making, but there is in more of Latin America, there's a lack of representation mm-hmm. there. So it was really good to connect with some individuals and just so that we know that we're here, you yeah. know, really. And if I needed to reach out to somebody, I could. So I'm not sure what your other question was. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're good. I think um, to your point 
um, like I said, I had, you know, one other female luthier on the, on the podcast Mm -hmm. and we talked quite a bit, um, just about that still Mm -hmm. there's not a lot of women, Mm -hmm. definitely not a lot of women of color in this field. Um, And she talked about just diving into and learning about the history of women in this field and um, kind of similar to what you're saying, like on record. Mm -hmm. She's like, there's been women Mm -hmm. who have made these instruments, Mm -hmm. you know, but at the time, like they had to put their husband's name Mm -hmm. on it in order to to sell it. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, do you feel like the industry is changing or is it a ship that's like barely barely starting to turn look i plan on busting this industry <laughs> wide open okay <laughs> <That's cool. laughs> look whether whether or not ready or not we're coming like women are coming and so it's so interesting because this i've connected with groups of women in other parts of the united states and there's this facebook group that we created it's women in luthery and these women are I'm like let's rise up okay and so I think that there's this bubbling there's this bubbling Mm -hmm. that's happening on the under the surface and what's really great is that we can encourage one another because it's not competition right there's enough for everyone Mm -hmm. we are not in competition with each other we are here supporting one another and whatever it is that you are trying to do with your career and I feel it bubbling. I feel it bubbling. More women are getting back to the bench and making or exploring what they're doing. Because the thing is, what I've heard and what I've gathered is that, you know, you go to these violin making schools, right? Because apprenticeships are less heard of now, but you go to these schools and you learn how to make. But when you get out of school, a lot of these violin shops are owned by men. Mm-hmm. And so it's likely that instead of going in the violin shop as a maker, you're going in the violin shop as a repairer. Yep. Nothing wrong with repairing unless you want to make. Yep. And so then you don't necessarily get to continue to make in a way that you could or should. And so those skills may start to wane a bit, Um, but you also have to put food on your table too. And so this is what you went to school for. So here we go. I'm going in here and I'm doing these simple repairs and I'm not making as much. And that's a story that I've heard over and over again. Yeah. Why not create a space for women to come in? If you've made, then you can come in this space and make. And and make it to where, and I don't know how this is going to work out in the future, but even like these co-working spaces would be beautiful. Mm -hmm. So that, or a freaking violin shop in every state that's owned by a woman Mm -hmm. and so these women have an opportunity they have somewhere to go instead of having to go and do something that they not they wouldn't choose for themselves immediately after school and i've heard that story over again that's just the reality that what's happening now today's sponsor is rasp and file designs rasp and file was created to give new life to old things and create spaces that feel timeless unique and warm Your home and business should be your sanctuary, a place of solace, and your personal piece of art. The owner and woodworker behind Rasp and File Designs is Lauren Matthews. And you can follow along and find out more information on Instagram. Just look up Rasp Filed Designs or on the internet at rf designs.squarespace.com yeah and that's i mean that's exactly yeah that's what um my other guest said as well um and that's why she is starting her own business just so that um you know she doesn't have to get i guess stuck back in the corner making repairs when she wants to make um so i guess what about you or is that in your future your own shop or do you have your own shop already no I'm still I'm working with my teacher so I'm an apprentice but is my own space I say space because you know a shop I've seen what a traditional violin shop looks like now and I'm not interested like I'm not interested in the retail 
Mm -hmm. I'm not interested in a lot of other things that are surrounding it. Really what I'm interested in is the making and the restoration. So do I see a space in the future, uh, not only for myself, but other, other individuals, women? Absolutely, it has to be. Mm-hmm. There has to be a safer space for women to be able to go and to be able to do what they want to do and not be placed into a position that's available because someone else wants you there, doesn't want you somewhere else. No, I'm so sick of that narrative. I'm so sick of it. <laughs> I am. And it's an unfortunate one. And sometimes we have to take journeys leading to where we eventually want to be. Um but I want to see an industry where there are more women owning their own spaces and also women also in those spaces as well. Mm-hmm. So absolutely. 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 <laughs> Don't get me fired up this morning. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love getting people fired up. Um, <laughs> so are you at a point where you get to put your own flavor on things <laughs> at, as you're making them or are you still kind of I guess I don't know role of apprentice are you getting to make from start to finish and and yeah so I'm making from start to finish flavor of, I was thinking about flavor since the beginning I was like <laughs> I had <have> this <laughs> I'm like oh my god if I have a rebellious thirst that it just it, I was born with it and so Early on, I realized that violin makers are really excited about producing replicas. And my question is, where's the art in that? Right. <laughs> you can't say that to too many people. People get offended. <laughs> but I'm like, you know, I, so to be classically trained, quote unquote, classically trained, yeah, there's certain very basics that everyone must learn to make a violin, right? And it's good to have an understanding of what some of these classical makers have done in the past and and it works today, why it works today. And then once you get a good understanding of the rules, then you can break them, right? Mm -hmm. And so in order to get the orchestral sound that classical musicians are wanting, there's not too many structural deviations that come from, uh, that you can make with the violin. But there are some small things that people are doing, um, embellishments on the scroll. Um, there's this guy in the UK that's drawing on his instruments, which Strad drew on his instruments. I didn't know that, but he would um, he would draw some type of art on his, and this guy is doing that. And also on the bridge of the instruments, they're doing things, which is beautiful. Different things with the varnish, maybe. And all that's really great to add a personal touch. I love that. Right. Um, so yeah, I thought about that from the beginning. I was like, who, who's template? Because see, I am not traditionally, so I don't know like a lot when the beginning, I didn't know a lot of the history. And so I was like, who's this person? And why can't I draw my own? Like, <laughs> why do I have to have his? Why right. can't I do my own? And so, but you have to start somewhere, right? And it's typically where the old teachers did. And so, and I'm, I respect that. But absolutely, moving forward, there's certain changes that I would like to, and they're not really big, right? Changes in the wood, um, probably won't have a lot of fine tuners on mine, maybe even going back to gut streams, you know, just little small things. And then if a client asks for something that's not like super duper crazy, like a retractable top or something, then, you know, why not? And it's okay, you know, I don't have to make instruments for people who are classically trained. They're very specific in what they need. And I'm okay with that as well, because the orchestra that they're playing in are expecting a certain type of instrument, you know, not one glitter or sparkle. They don't want (laughs) Um, Isn't everything more fun with glitter though? That's what I say. I'm on the (laughs) panel, I'm like glitter for everyone. Um, But then also those individuals who are a bit more open to some visual changes that are acceptable perhaps outside of the um, orchestra room and, and that's okay too. Do you get to get outside of the uh, do you get to make outside of the classical music instruments? I um, have it so far. Okay. So not like a banjo or <laughs> no right now I am my focus is uh, the violin and it's I call them siblings or cousins. So, you know, the mm-hmm. violin, the viola, the cello, the bass. 
but absolutely I will most likely honor the blues with making one acoustic guitar I would most likely honor the banjo of course because of its history African-American history um, but other than that you know I don't think that there are, are any other instruments that I want to make at this point this year I'm going to workshops to learn how to mm -hmm. make bows because I think it's crazy that violin makers don't make their own bows I mean who <laughs> Who told somebody that and now it's just become a thing? Right. I think with the same energy and the same love that you put into the instrument, you should also put into the bow. They are a couple. They're a pair, yeah. <laughs> I thought, people probably think I'm crazy. I'm thinking people are crazy. It's like, who, why don't, I don't know why it doesn't happen, but it's gonna happen right here with this scale. <laughs> And so by the end of this year, I'll have an understanding of bow making. And then for my future instruments, they will have a bow to accompany it if the person wants. So I'm super excited about that expansion in my life. Yeah, I mean, really, I mean, what you've undertaken, you get to learn about so much because it's not, it's not just like a woodworking skill. It's, I mean, you have to understand acoustics you have to understand sound waves and how all of it works together with the with the instrument right to make those sounds right and it's all cumulative too it's like it can be very daunting to think about all those things at one time yeah because you have to have a little bit of botany understanding of trees and and um tone wood trees versus a regular schmeadow tree <laughs> <laughs> and, and the physics of sound and um, machinery and all these other things. And so it can be those headaches that I was having. Yeah, you can get that a lot really trying to think about all those things at once. So just taking little bites of it at a time keeps me busy 24 <laughs> like 24 seven. And then just, you know, history of instruments period and mm -hmm. how the evolution of instruments and the evolution of makers and what people have done and haven't done and stopped doing and why. I mean, oh my God, it's like an ocean of wealth of knowledge. It's just mm -hmm. so much out there and I can't drink it all, uh, <laughs> but I'm doing my part to get a, a really good understanding that can continue to move me forward in the processes. So my big question is how do you juggle that and kids? <laughs> And what's their perspective on you being a luthier? My one son, he's like, why are you in the magazine? He's just, why, why, but why you though? Like he's like oblivious. <laughs> I'm like, thanks for keeping me grounded and I love you back. Right. <laughs> Thank you. You know what? They're so into their own thing. They know what mommy does and they think it's cool and they see my face on something. However, they totally dig me for being mommy. It doesn't, that stuff doesn't matter. Right. Right? <laughs> they totally dig me. So I'm, I'm thankful that that didn't make me cool for them. I was already, I was already cool. Juggling it, it's hard. It's a challenge. It, it really is a challenge. Um, one of the challenges is that they're in virtual school. So being present for that. And then the violin job is about an hour and a half away, one way. Um, so traveling back and forth for that. And then trying to burn off all the therapy eating sessions that I go through, you know, kind <laughs> of main physical, physical activity. You know, there is no formula for it. It's just moment by moment. You know how people used to say day by day? No, that's out. It's yeah. moment by <laughs> moment because I don't know if it ever is going to feel any differently than it feels at this very moment because there's so mm -hmm. much to do. I guess I have control over it. How much do I want to accomplish? That's re it's really it. Do mm -hmm. I want to just hang out and play with my hair sometimes? Yes. Can I do that all day? Probably not if I want to move forward in life. And so I now appreciate way more summers and spring breaks and fall breaks. I'm like, when is your next school break? Like, where is it coming? Because I'm going to sleep the whole time. Like, don't bother me. Don't wake me up. 
you know, it's challenging, but also the energy from doing something that brings you joy, the energy from doing something you love sustains you. Because if it wasn't, if it was just something I was doing to get to the next thing, I'd be flailing. Not right. that I'm not flailing at times, <laughs> but it would look way different. Right. It would look way different because I don't see how people, well, I do see it. Cause you know how you, all these celebrities, I know I'm not a celebrity, but all these celebrities and they're doing all these things, they got like 20 people behind them. That's, you know, so it's mm-hmm. not, that's how you can do all those things. And I think eventually, eventually, which is why I love community, I, I'm going to need to have a team mm-hmm. because it's easier with the team and it's easier with support. And that's how I prefer to operate anyway bring mm-hmm. people in. And so I take it moment by moment, you know, and I, I try to remain flexible, not only mentally, but physically, you know, because things can change in a moment. You just yep. know. And so you have to pivot here and you want to be as graceful as you possibly can. And <laughs> I think I let, I'm letting go every day more and more how things should be and just allowing things to evolve naturally. Like I have a plan, but I'm not married to it because if I am, then I'm gonna get really disappointed if it doesn't work out that way, right? That's exactly what I tell to every expecting mother. (laughs) For real, when they're like, this is my birth plan, I'm like, "Mm -hmm. mm-hmm, have that. (laughs) I'm gonna tell you right now, the only certainty is it's not gonna go that way. It's coming out somehow. That's right. You don't know where you are. You don't know where you're going to be. You don't know how it's coming out. Right. Just, you know, when you've had multiple kids, you have that insight and you just have to smile like, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's going to go just like that. <laughs> because we already know. And you're right. It's a great way to, it's another great way to look at it. Like, we know that the baby's coming out and we don't know anything else. But nope. <laughs> exactly. We don't know when, we don't know where, and we don't know how. We're probably not going to look pretty in the process. No. Nope. And that's the, you know, not being married to a particular outcome, I, I guess, is the is the greater message. Yep. And taking it day by day. And my grandmother, when she was alive, I asked her this question. and It, it stuck with me for, for forever. I asked her about something that was happening in about six months. And she was in her 70s, but she said, honey, I don't make plans for that long. I don't even know if I'm going to be around in six months. (laughs) She said, I'm not thinking that far ahead. I'm thinking about right now. And I was like, whoa, (laughs) the power of the present moment. I mean, it's true. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can have an idea and an understanding. However, you can't be completely married to that because if one thing is for sure, that just changed and it's coming. Whether you Mm -hmm. like it or not. That's right. Well, Amanda, we're actually at the end of our time together. Oh my God, two seconds. <laughs> but I want to give you a chance to let people know how they can find you, see your work, all that good stuff. Yes, you can find me on Instagram. Instagram has been so great. Oh my God. Shout out to Instagram. Um, but you can find me on Instagram at lovingly demeo violins. And you can also find me at Lovingly Amanda. You can see all the things. I'm one of those people. I even post food, okay? So beware um, <laughs> that posts all the things, but it's really beautiful because, you know, you can remain connected with people and you can actually find people doing what you're doing, not only in the United States, but worldwide, which I have yep. found people in Brazil, people in Africa. It's just incredible. Um, so jump on over there and follow if you want to you don't have to follow because my my profile is public anyway so you can just check out all the things that are that are going on and things to come and send me a message if you like i respond not a responder so i will respond to you all. <laughs> thanks for chatting with me this morning almost afternoon you're welcome i enjoyed it so much i love these chats i had another one before this one and it felt just like this so easy breezy i love chatting with women doing their thing it, it inspires me so much. And I was stalking your page a bit too. And wow. Oh, it is. <laughs> so inspiring. I love that. And I didn't realize before this that so many women are out here doing this thing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I mean, it just <laughs> kerosene on my fire, man. It just really it ignites all the things inside, all the good things inside. So thank you so much. I really appreciate you reaching out and being awesome. Thank you. 
All right, so again, that was Amanda, and I will include the links on how you can follow along with her in the show notes for today's episode. You can just find those in the description on whatever podcast app you are listening on, or you can head on over to freemanfurnishings.com forward slash podcast. All right, so again, reminder from the start of the show, going forward, starting next week, It is no longer going to be the Maker Mom podcast, but the Wonder Women podcast. It will still include the two episodes a week, every week, so Wednesdays and Fridays. Um, If you would like to check out helping to support the production of the episodes every week, please head on over to patreon.com forward slash currently Maker Mom podcast. I will let you know when that changes, Um, but you can check out the different tier levels over there. There's one, three, five dollar tiers. You get coffee mugs, t-shirts, stickers, depending on what level you pick. It's perhaps the easiest way to get there is just to head on over and follow along with the podcast on Instagram. So starting next week, which will actually start this weekend, you will be able to find that at Wonder Women Podcast on Instagram. And then the link in the bio takes you all sorts of places. Now, when I'm not making a podcast, you can find me designing and making furniture and other home decor at freemanfurnishings.com and at Freeman Furnishings pretty much all over the internet and social media. I am active daily on Instagram and TikTok at Freeman Furnishings. So come find me over there, say hello, and see what current project I am up to. All right, so it's Friday. It's the weekend. I hope you all have a fantastic weekend. Get to spend time with your family and get out and make, and I will see you all next week. Thank you for listening to the Maker Mom podcast. You can connect with the Maker Mom community in the Facebook group page, Maker Moms. And remember, if you enjoyed listening to this episode, please subscribe, leave an awesome review, and share this out with other Maker Moms you know.